0: hello and welcome to another edition of pioneer pigskin the first game recap of the year i'm your host eric jensen the executive producer for utah state for the ksl sports zone and uh normally joined by austin facer but he had uh somewhere else to be really he was drowning in his winnings as he accurately predicted that we would have a Utah State and UConn under this week. The prolific uh, sports analyst that Austin is. He just, you know, he's rolling in all that dough from hitting that under yesterday. So he is out at the bees game celebrating uh, that and and doing some work for them. So shout out to our buddy Austin. He'll be back next week. Joining me today, though, a good friend uh, known on twitter as aggie fan dan daniel olson uh creator of the hive sports thank you so much for joining me today daniel we've talked a little bit online and 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 had some dms but it's nice to get to meet you in person and i'm excited to talk about this first aggie football game of the year with you as we kick off college football in the state of utah this year which is exciting
1: yeah, thanks, Eric. I'm I'm happy to be here and talk about about the
0: Aggies. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's just get into it. Uh Utah State If I had to describe this game, I'd just describe it as a classic Blake Anderson Aggies game. Just just a classic Blake Anderson Aggies game almost immediately out of the gate the offense looked sluggish and like it was not in tempo and things just weren't working out for logan bonner and crew uconn scores two touchdowns they have a turnover early they're down 14 nothing in the first quarter but it was never to the point where you were like uh-oh something's gone terribly wrong because as these teams tend to do They responded from a double-digit first-quarter deficit and ended up winning the game uh, by a final score of 31-20. to The offense gets going. Sure, it's UConn, and you you could say, well, this was the worst team in the nation last year, and they, they should have beaten them by more, but this is the first game of the year. Also, I just think UConn's a way better team this year. Jim Mora is a very good coach, This was a really well coached football team that was good at tackling, good at pressuring the quarterback, good at just about everything you need to do to keep football games competitive. And that's exactly what UConn did. But in the end, Utah State gets the victory. Dan, I want to start with this. How long can they keep doing this? the the Aggies, because it seems like for about a year now, probably like at this point, 13 or so straight games, this seems to be the formula where they start really slow and look like a really bad football team in the first quarter of games and like they're not prepared for opponents. And then as the game settles in, the defense stiffens, doesn't allow points and the offense really kicks in and, and they're able to come back how how long and how sustainable do you think this is for a second year of Aggie football
1: well that's a good question because it's I, I I believe I heard a stat yesterday I think there's been it's like the seventh or eighth time that the Aggies have trailed and and come back to win but a lot this year's schedule is a lot tougher than than last year's I mean we have Alabama this week so, so you got to be ready for them and even even though the Aggies are heavy underdogs, you, you gotta, you can't, if you go down to Alabama, it's gonna be a not not pretty game. But um, last year they had, instead of Alabama, their power five matchup was Washington State, which is a much more beatable P5 opponent. But I, I, I just feel like eventually there has to be a regression to the mean, because um, I, I wouldn't say they were lucky last year, but they were, they put themselves in the right position to come back and um like you said it, it is a very classic blake anderson game i actually I, I should have put money on this but but in my preview a couple months ago i i predicted a 31 to 20 aggie win so i i kind of figured that the aggies would kind of start off slow like just you know it's the first game of the year but i don't know what are your thoughts
0: yeah i mean i this kind of flips a little bit, but I think now would be a good time to talk about expectations for the team the rest of the year because I think it's it's hard to make predictions at before you see a team play games. I, I think that really fans should start to have expectations one to two games into the season, especially with non-conference play. Now obviously you can't you can't take anything away from Alabama because that game. You know, I think the Aggies are going to cover a 39 point spread, but other than that, I I think Alabama is, is going to be Alabama and probably win that game next week. I I don't think I'm surprising anyone in saying that, but I think definitely by that, you know, week four, because week three, they'll have the buy rate, uh, week four, that's BYU. I want to say, correct. Uh, or, so no that's unlb course. unlb yeah, we have weber
1: state and then unlb and UNLV,
0: right yeah so you'll kind of know i think a lot more by weber state but you know i, I think this utah state team is as advertised i think this is going to be a team that loses one or two head scratchers this year um i just think with the style of play that's what they invite is weird losses so it wouldn't shock me if they lose to a team like Hawaii on the road this year, or you know, a, a down team in the Mountain West like a Wyoming for some reason. They they might drop that one. Um, but let me just tell you, I I think that there's still a Mountain West contender, and I think there's still gonna be an eight to nine win team, which for any G5 school should be considered a massive success. So But I think anyone who thought, you know, oh, Alabama might be the only loss on the schedule, I I find that very hard to believe because this team, you know, the defense, I, I have major concerns with the defense. I know they got better throughout the game, but they were still very questionable to me at stopping the run. And especially when UConn had their starting quarterback in, the corners got pretty consistently beat. Um, so, you know, I, I'm still high on Utah state, but I do think that there's potential throughout the year for them to lose a few of these kind of weird games where things will go sideways on them early. And they just, they're not going to be able to respond like this forever. I don't think, I think at some point they're going to run, into issues. And that's not to say they're going to be bad and and not be a bowl team. I think they'll be in a bowl game. I wouldn't shock me if they won a bowl game this year, but I I just think that anyone who came in with big time expectations of, oh yeah, it's going to be easy for us to run it back and win the Mountain West title again, I think maybe pump the brakes on that a little bit because I don't know. I don't know if you saw the same things, Daniel, but some of the concerns that were there last year look like they're there, like they're here this year again.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I I I I think when I was in the the post game talking to Johnny Carter and and we we some of the people asked we we're asking point blank like why is the team. Uh, starting out slow, and he's just like, I wish I had an answer. Like, And, and I don't and I know what it is, too. Maybe they, they're just a type of offense that likes to get into a rhythm. Um, I, I do think that kind of going into this year, I thought eight, eight and four would be considered a good season because um, it, it, it's hard to say that um, the Aggies are always just going to have double-digit seasons um, a, a, every year. I mean, they really set the bar high in Blake Anderson's first year um, along with what you said about the, the defense, I, I Johnny Carter also was saying like I feel like like you said in spurts when when the guys in the he, he was saying when the guys in the trenches do their job and and hurt were hurrying the true freshman quarterback granted he is a true freshman quarterback but when when they get there in the trenches and do things that maybe don't show up in the box score like um maybe they don't sack the quarterback but they rush him and by the way I think Gervin Hall had. Um, yeah, he currently leads the NCAA with six sacks, so so, so they were able to get on, on the stat sheet. But also, um, yeah, when, when they were able to do that, it allowed Johnny and some of the um, the, the backfield, like the cornerbacks, to, to do their job. Um, I think one of the corners was at Earth Safeties. He was carried off the field after the game so by, by his offensive coordinator, so I thought that was kind of funny. But um, to answer your question, I... I think eight and four is in play. I mean, if, if we're saying Alabama is a loss, I mean, last year, Boise and BYU were losses. And I feel like those games will be tough both on the road and they're very big, physical, tough teams. Um, so if, if we're, if we're counting um, those three as losses, then maybe, yeah, that fourth loss might be a head scratcher. Like last year, we lost to Wyoming on senior night and this year we're playing them on the road. And, Wyoming struggled against Illinois, but Illinois looks pretty good. So, um, yeah, I could see maybe another Mountain West school winning. I feel like Weber State um, will take care of that. We might go two and two in the non conference, but then, um, yeah, I'd maybe drop a couple of uh, boys and maybe another one in the conference.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dervin Hall was one of these standout players on defense. He just is around the ball at the right times like you mentioned six sacks really impressive two solo tackles like just a very very good player who seems as good as advertised and looks like a player who frankly played in the ACC and played for Miami and I think when you add that to a defense that's going to be very 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 helpful but also you know, you can't understate, you know, this is still UConn six sacks. That's, that's huge, but you would imagine that's probably a once a season thing. Let's see how he plays against a very good Alabama line or, or or more realistically, a good, good line, like uh, BYU's later this year as well. Uh, Nothing against Gervin Hall, but I just want to also keep expectations realistic, but I do think he might, he might well be Maybe aside from MJ Tafisi, the best player on that defense. I, I was incredibly impressed by MJ Tafisi yesterday. Very good tackler in the right spots at the right time. Very good at stopping the run. Uh, I, I was a huge fan of his. Let's transition over to the offense a little bit. And that was a big question all offseason was, how is this team going to replace Devin Tompkins? And, you know, I'll I'll be honest with you, after one game, I'm not worried at all about the offense. I have absolutely zero questions about this offense because Logan Bonner, for as much kind of people are down on him overall as a quarterback for some reason, for as much as people say, oh, he's not an NFL guy and he doesn't make these spectacular throws and miss that, and the other thing, he's just a good quarterback. Like, and I mean this in the most complimentary way possible. And I don't know if you, I I wonder if you agree with this or not, but to me, he's just a point guard. Like he's the perfect point guard. He's just really good at spreading the ball out. Utah state yesterday had five receivers with two or more catches from 30 yards or more. Like that's really good. That's, that's something that a talented quarterback does and I, I thought he looked great in the opener and I thought that, you know, the team stood out with their replacements. I think Brian Cobbs is going to, going to have a big year. I was higher on Xavier Williams all off season, but apparently that was just for wrong call. Totally. He barely saw the field. Brian Cobbs, man, he, he looked like the real deal and Kyle Van Leeuwen also had a touchdown. He, he looked very good and Justin McGriff's very talented, I am not worried at all about this offense. I don't know about you after this. My questions for this team come entirely on the defensive side and specifically the cornerback positions and the defensive line and getting to being able to get to the quarterback. Everything on offense looks good to me. I I think that they, again, are going to have a very talented offensive attack.
1: Yeah, I'd have to agree. I I do think that they lived up to their preseason kind of they gave a hint, you know, in some of those um, preseason interviews uh, on media day where I think coach Bonda and and yeah, the offense, they want to establish a run game uh, and and then to kind of help open up their pass pass game a little more. Um, I I thought it was an interesting stat that Calvin Tyler actually had more rushing attempts um, than Logan Bonner had passing attempts. (laughs) That that kind of surprised me when I heard that um, yesterday and in the post game. And I, I think Bonner did, did well, but considering, I mean, he, he may, maybe didn't get as many attempts as he normally would. I mean, he's still he like you said, he, he threw for three uh, passing touchdowns and he's on pace for to match his school. I think he had a school record single um, season, like 36 touchdowns last year beat Chucky Keaton's um, Jordan loves records. Um, but I didn't expect um, – so, overall, I looked at the week's zero stats and he had the sixth most passing yards. And I think that's just – that's not uh, – that you can't really fault him because, I mean, he protected the ball. He didn't throw any picks. We did have a couple of fumbles, which was a little bit sloppy for the first game. So, hopefully, we can take better care of the football there. Um, but, yeah, um, after those three touchdowns, he's actually tied – for fifth all time, I believe, with Kent Myers and Brent Snyder. Um, I think just all time season or touchdowns as an Aggie. Um, so he's on pace there. And I mean, he, he's been with Blake Anderson since Arkansas State. And I think he's been able to do really well in his offense. And I I, I think what you said is, is completely fair because last year the Aggies, I mean, had Devin Tompkins, but also a couple other guys um, maybe flirting with a 1,000-yard season, they, they didn't quite get it. But um, I think if there is a guy on the team that could do it, it it's probably it is Brian Cobbs. He's probably that guy. And, and yeah, Justin McGriff, like, like, like you said, I think this offense is good. I don't know if it's, like, 2018 good, because I, I don't know if you remember, but I think we were one of the top five highest scoring points per game in the nation with Jordan Love just having a great a – great um, sophomore year there. But yeah, I, I think we're a team that is, it will be pretty good on offense, maybe not top 10, but good. And then hopefully, I mean, like you said, the defense needs work, but if the defense can get to kind of where they were at the mountain West championship game last year, that'd be good. Um, we just have to see if, if like, cause there's some studs last year, I think Justin Rice and there's a couple of other ones I'm, I'm trying to remember, but um, I, I think we'll have to re- replace some of those, players and and hopefully we'll be able to see against tougher competition if this defense can hang with like Boise or BYU I, I'm i not quite sure I like you said I think the offense can match up and and be in the game like last year with BYU we were in the game going into the fourth quarter uh, Boise we never really were even though we actually had more yards against them but we just could never um convert in the red zone so yeah I'm interested to see Um, like you said, if the defense can keep up with the offense.
0: Yeah. I want to give you a chance to, to share some analysis here. You, you said you had some notes. So I I just want to ask you a very open-ended question. Give me like two or three players, but just I test what, because, you know, I never played football. I, 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 you know, I openly admit that and I like stats and all, but I believe the best way to evaluate football is with your eyes. And by watching football, you can learn a lot off box scores. You can learn a lot by, by, you know, studying, but by, by, you know, looking at how many sacks a guy had this that, and the other thing, but you really can't tell what's going on unless you you see what's happening on the field. And I know you're a guy that watches the game very closely so just give me two or three players either side of the ball that really stood out to you in week zero for Utah State but just get to just get the blood pumping that you're just excited to watch for the rest of the season yeah that's a good
1: question and you know I'm the same I I didn't play um organized football I play like in the backyard with my dad um play a lot of Madden but you know I I try to study the game pretty closely and my first time in the Bucs um, um, the press box is a little intimidating because like I saw everybody else had really organized notes, but my notes are just kind of everywhere. So just looking at it, I see a lot of uh, Calvin Tyler, like early on, he was just getting first down after first down. And eventually, I mean, UConn caught up and maybe instead of getting first downs every time it shortened down to like three or four when, when they stuffed the box. But the first guy I would say is definitely, I'm seeing a lot of Calvin Tyler in my notes, just like, just getting on first and 10, like getting a first, first down. Um, I know there's going to be a lot of guys on offense. I mean, Logan Bonner's already drawn a lot of praise, but I'd say one of his top targets, Brian Cobbs, he, he was easily the top guy. I mean, anytime, I think both of those guys got over 100 yards. So Calvin Tyler had over hundred yards rushing. That's his fifth time in his career that he's, he's done that. That's including Oregon State and Utah State. Um, oh, okay, so Brian Cobbs was just a little shy of 100, but he still had seven receptions for 78 yards and a touchdown. So, I, I mean, he, he led the team. So I, I think Brian Cobbs, um, and, and, and some of those touchdowns were impressive. It was like on the sideline, just tapped his feet just in bounds. And so I think we have some studs. I mean, Brian Cobbs is from Maryland. Some some P5 talent, and he definitely looks the part. Um, I was looking at – there was a play last year where he just had an amazing – I think it was like a one-handed catch or something. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do as an Aggie. And then the last guy, I know we talked a little bit about Johnny Carter and some of the defense, um, MJ, MJ Tafisi. Yes. Um, but then um, one other guy, Ike Larson. So he's the one that had the interception – at the end of the game and he got carried off the field by, by his coordinator. So I, I thought that was, that was kind of funny. Um, the coach, um, Blake Anderson was laughing about it a little bit. He was like saying, I don't know if that's saying like something about our, our coordinator being a big strong guy, or maybe just how much he, um, Ike Larson weighs like, he's like, he's probably about 50 or whatever, but like he, I think he was a stud and, and he's a cash rally native. Uh, he, he played at Skyview, I believe, and and just really made some athletic plays. And um, just like Johnny was saying, you got you you got to give credit. I think when the whole defense plays together like they did in the championship and the bowl game last year, and that they get pressure. I mean, near the end of the game, we were only up, I think, what was it, by four points or so. But we we really got some hurries from the quarterback. Like we even got some tackles for a loss, which seemed like we we struggled like it seems like early in the game we could like make one good play but then they would just get a big like 50 yard gain and so I think we really need to avoid those because that just really kills the momentum um and offense like you said I'd give the offense maybe an a minus um just just need to clean up a couple things with the turnovers but um uh, yeah so so we got those two guys on offense since, you know, offense won the day. And then that one guy on defense stood out to me. And as well as the others we've mentioned, it's it's hard because like, yeah, we've talked about a couple of guys. And so wanted to kind of mention a couple other guys that we maybe hadn't so far. So
0: yeah, my, my, my guy to answer that question for me that I saw Robert Briggs, I mean, he needs to get the football more. Every time he touched the ball, he did something explosive. He's extremely fast. I understand he's little, he's five six, I think 150. I want to say, uh, they said on the broadcast, but he's just a great scat back. Like it, it, they need to get him more involved in the passing game. I think getting him out on wheel routes or screens out of the backfield is going to be huge for Utah State, and I think that. One thing they, you know, Blake Anderson consistently said throughout all his media availability all offseason was we have to establish the run game more. And that's honestly exactly what they did in in week zero, because Logan Bonner threw the ball twenty nine times. But Calvin Tyler and Robert Briggs combined for forty three rushing attempts like they pounded the rock. Their, Their first the first thing they went to was the run and now that you know you have a two-headed backfield basically that is a huge advantage and that's really going to help out in those games like BYU like Boise State where there're these big tough teams where you can wear down that pass defense if you run the ball effectively
1: yeah i agree just one quick plug in here so on on the hypesports.com you can check out i did a <laughs> we got home late and I, I published an article just before midnight, but I kind of had three points and one of them was the, the running game that, you know, it was mainly the Calvin Tyler show, but uh, coach uh, Blake Anderson had a lot of good things to say in the, in the post game. He, he said that, you know, Briggs is also, he's a guy that's patient and can get downhill. Um, he's tough. Like he, he doesn't look like a freshman in any way, physically or mentally. I thought that really stood out to me. Like, yeah, if we can get more of those, True freshman guys, like you know, a true freshman quarterback kind of would make me nervous, as we saw with with two UConn's de- detriment a little bit, and and hopefully their their starting guy can can get healthy, and it's not serious for them. But um, but but yeah, I th- I think if we can get some more of those studs on the team that can kind of fill up some of those holes, I think Way- Waylon, I'm trying to remember his last name, but he was like a true freshman on the offensive line, and and that was a big question mark in the off season, so. So yeah, I just wanted to to mention yeah, I I definitely agree and it sounds like coach Blake Anderson agrees about Robert Briggs and kind of a surprise for me because you know I thought it was just going to be just just Calvin Tyler's show but then when I saw this Robert Briggs guy I thought oh he's he's talented.
0: Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Well, Daniel, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a ton of fun. And uh, if you want to just give some quick plugs really quick to where people can find your work in the hive sports, we'll get out of here.
1: All right. Awesome. So um, all the fans listening, I mean, some of you guys might be USU or BYU fans, but my handle, I mean, you said like it's Aggie fan, Dan, but it's um, at USU, the right blue. And so, so I I have fun. um, Yeah. Talking with all the fans there, but um, I work for the hive sports. It's at the hive sports. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and now TikTok. We're kind of exploring that. And and for, for articles, you can go to thehivesports.com and then the podcast, just anywhere you get podcasts. Um, if you go to the Hive Sports, that's where all my Aggie content is. We have we also have a new one called Hive School Sports for high school podcasts and then an RSL Sunday one. So you can check any of those just to get um, caught up on the buzz and sports in the Beehive State. but. Yeah, thanks,
0: Eric, for having me on. Absolutely. We will be back sometime in the middle of this week with a big week one preview with Austin. We'll talk about uh, Utah, Florida. We'll talk about BYU-USF, and we'll do a quick segment on Utah State and Alabama as well. So check that out later this week. Thank you again so much for listening. The number one thing you can do to help support this little side venture I've started this year is please, if you see, see us online, shoot a tweet out you know say check out this podcast even a like even a retweet even something as simple as a reply really helps us out and uh, of course go to the end zone podcast feed to get subscribed and hey bonus i do a lot of nfl content there too so if you're looking to get more into the nfl i know we don't have that many teams that are directly connected to utah but it's the biggest sport in America, and it's it's fun to pay attention to. So if you're interested in in-depth NFL coverage, we also have that there as well. So go check all that out. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Peace out.